Welcome to the four-part teaching series, Bible 101, featuring Costin and Mandy Woodhouse. In this series, you'll learn how we got the Bible, its prophetic nature, how your identity is rooted in Scripture, and much more. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Happy Friday! Woo! Today is part four of four of our Bible 101 series. That's right, it's the final installment of this Bible 101 series. Uh, it's going to be a fantastic episode. Um, I'm really excited about today's episode. It's going to be great. Um, I think that's it. I wanted to keep our um, our notes pretty short and sweet uh, because uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. Um, okay. Uh, oh, chat wants to know if my cuticle feels better. For those who are very confused, the other day, I, I don't, I'm not wearing a Band-Aid anymore, but I was doing this. I had my my cap like so on the end. And I was distracted. I was doing something and I went like this. I looked down quickly, thought I had it lined up and went full force to jam it into the cap. And I jammed it into my cuticle instead, which um, did not feel very good. If I may say so, Uh, it felt very painful uh, and there was much blood. So um, there is no blood anymore. Praise the Lord. And actually, it doesn't really hurt that bad anymore. So yay to recovery. Our bodies are amazing and how God made them. Uh, to heal. I'm always blown away. I do wish that I was a little bit like Wolverine though, where I could like, it would heal right away. That would be super cool. Um, one of these days I'm going to see a healing like that fun story really quick. Some of my friends were in Thailand and there was a garbage heap where all these like little kids would play. And they were like all, a lot of them were homeless. And so there was this one kid who had an open sore on his head. And, um, and so they sat there and they prayed for him. And they literally, and these were like uh, people that had never really seen healings like this before. And they literally saw the, the sore scab over skin grow and hair grow all in real time. And they were like, whoa. So that's kind of like Wolverine. That would be cool. One of these days I'll see a healing like that. I think a lot of us are going to see healings like that in the days ahead because there's exciting things happening. But anyways, uh, my guests today are good friends of my wife and myself. We love this couple so much. They're gifted teachers. They're students of the word of God uh, and they're prophetic voices. And that's like that trifecta right there is absolutely dynamite. So let's give it up for my guests today who are appearing on Elijah Fire together for the first time, Mandy and Costin Woodhouse. Hello. Good afternoon. Hello. Good morning for us. Yeah, good morning for us. Uh, yeah, good afternoon slash morning. So, <laughs> yes, on March 3rd and 4th, depending on where you live in the world. So, come on. True. Yeah, I'm so excited for you guys to be on the show. This is awesome. Together. Here. Yes. yes. It doesn't feel like it's the first time. So oh, I know. Well, we've talked and all that stuff, but, you know, the world is is seeing it for the first time so it's great um so one one thing that i've really loved about this um and there i haven't seen any comments to the, to this nature but i would just imagine maybe there's one or two people out there that are like well if it's bible one on one i thought you were gonna like go line by line and tell us like okay when you get to this first then do this and what i loved uh, what i've loved about this series is um it's honestly stuff i wish i had when i first came to the lord and, yeah. you know, it's all about really exposing, hey, what is the intention of God's heart? What is 
the the you know what is the meta narrative what are the what is the big message that that god is speaking through scripture and how do you use scripture to defend yourself and and that's these are such instrumental things because honestly i mean look there's a lot of nuance in doing a word study there's a lot of nuance and breaking it down scripture but that stuff is I don't I want to say easy, but it's at least more direct. Like, okay, I bust out a concordance and then I okay. bust, I got the lexicon. I go look at these things and, and you can learn a lot of nuance within that, but it's very um, almost analog in terms of like you get it out and you look it up and you can read scripture. But the stuff that we, you guys have been talking about in this series and teaching on is really important. And it really helps to point people, get people on the right track headed in the right direction. And so I think that's great. So I'm very excited to hear what you guys have to share about today. So what are we going to be talking about? So. Well, do you want to start with the answer to the question from a few weeks ago? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah, that's absolutely okay. So for those who maybe didn't see the, the you know, they missed one, I had asked Mandy just out of the out of left field what the difference between praise and worship is um and so she gave an answer but wanted to kind of expound on that a little bit yeah so look i just i searched scripture and i searched my heart and i sat with the holy spirit all right so there's just a few things that i'll just i'll just throw it out there I had some good chats with good friends as well, because you've got me on this journey of like, okay, what is really the difference between worship and praise? Because I feel like they kind of go together. Mm. And then within our churchy world, you know, when we immediately, when I hear praise or worship, I think of music and they kind of cross over. The line is really blurry there, but I feel like the heartbeat of the father and what I felt the Holy Spirit say, the like the main difference was um, for worship, we're worshiping our king. Hmm. And so it's a heart posture of adoration and lordship. Hmm. He's my Lord. You're my king. I am fully surrendering. You are worthy. I adore you. Right. Praise, on the other hand, I'm going to quote my best friend here who said to me, she feels like praise is actually a um a heart posture of celebration mm. so one is adoration of the king that's worship and one is celebration of what he's done that's of really who good. he is and yeah. if you look through the psalms it's the best example you know the psalms actually initially made it even blurrier for me because it just it's interwoven they're yeah. like married <laughs> but isn't it supposed to be that way we, our lives are laid down to the Lordship of our King in worship. That's our act of worship. Here's my life, Lord. I adore you. Here's my life. But it's married, no pun intended. It's married to the, to the idea that now I'm going to celebrate you in praise. I'm going to celebrate my freedom. Really I'm going to celebrate. And so yeah. I feel like that is the difference. Yeah, between. I think that's really good. That's, that's a great answer. Well done, Mandy. Hey, thank you for yeah. asking that question. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's funny, you know, doing this show. Um, there are times when I say things that I feel like I'm just supposed to say. And that happens in my life a lot, not just on the show where I just say mm -hmm. stuff. And yeah. then people are like, whoa. And I'm not saying that happens every time. Um, but uh, 
you know, it's just interesting how inner integrated in uh, like how, how active the Holy Spirit is in our lives, in everyone's yeah. life. Like it's not yeah. just, oh, well, that's Jeff because he's got Elijah fire and he's under the anointing. Like that's every single one of us and being mindful yeah. of what we're saying and are we speaking life and are we, you know, so it's just cool to see when something like that comes up and I think yeah. it's a random thought and it's not random. And it actually, that, that was actually the Holy Spirit prompting me yeah. that yeah. set you on a fun journey. Yeah. yeah. And I actually got with the Lord on it and he gave me a prophetic exhortation for people, which I wow. think that the, the link is in the description to my website. It is. Yeah. Um, but it's just, I feel like the celebration, the cell, the nature of celebrating the Lord and what he's done. And that's a weapon for us yeah. moving forward. Come on. Yeah. So, so if um, anybody's curious about that, I'll try and remember to say it at the end as well. But if it, if you go into the description under the stuff we talked about section, uh, um, like it's called read Mandy's word and it's a, a link to her. <laughs> I had to do it really quick. Okay. Don't judge me. Anybody. <laughs> it's a direct exhortation. Yes. <laughs> so, so yeah. Okay. So um, what are we going to be talking about today, guys? Yeah. When you talk about the word and how it's uh, it's interwoven into the prophetic, how it applies yeah. to the prophetic. Love it. Love it. Which we felt was very appropriate since, you know, Elijah Fire is part of Elijah List Ministries. And right. so most of the people are probably prophetic voices interested in the prophetic. So mm -hmm. I think it's a it's a good way to tie it all together. Come on. Yeah, speaking of uh, Jeff dropping uh, awesome uh, lines by the Holy Spirit, you started introducing us by saying, that we were students of the word and prophetic voices. And um, I think that's a, a combo that everybody can be. Yeah, come on. Like it's a great yeah. encouragement to us to be defined like that. But uh, mm -hmm. the great bit about it is it's not something unique to Mandy and I or to, to, um, to Jeff and, and Laura or anyone else. Uh, that's all of us. Yeah. It's every one of us that's listening. Um, yeah. You are a student of the word and you're, highly prophetic because you can't help it. You uh, have a relationship with the Holy spirit. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Love it. Awesome. So I think we'll start off. Mandy has this amazing revelation of how knowing scripture as a prophet, it anchors you. It's like the railroad tracks that keep you grounded. Yeah. Do you want to start with that? Babe? Yeah. I have a few things that I'll, I'll talk about. And if you want to jump in, just jump in. But, um, I think that, you know, the first thing the Holy Spirit said to me is that prophecy actually proves the integrity of Scripture. So we're okay. talking about Prophecy 101. Prophecy proves the integrity of Scripture. And you see that all throughout the Old Testament. The whole Old Testament is the is prophesying Jesus. It's prophesying the Messiah. It comes alive a little bit more if you've watched, like, The Chosen. Um, God's used that to make it come alive for me personally, but the whole Old Testament, it's, it's proving, you know, prophecy is proving, it's proving Jesus, right? Um, but the Lord was speaking to me like Isaiah, or Aussies would say Isaiah, Isaiah 55:11 says, you know, the Lord says, so my word that goes forth from my mouth, it shall not return to me void. It'll accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. That's the new King James version, by the way. 
Um, and so like, if we, as a, as a prophetic voice, as a person who represents the King, if I'm going to share the very words of the Lord, regardless of what they are, if I'm sharing the words of the Lord, I need to know what the word of the Lord is. Probably be and good. Yeah. That's, that's a good, that's a good thing. Yeah. Right. And, and yes, we have the Holy spirit and yes, we're inspired to speak by the Holy spirit. Um, and, and scripture is clear that around John 14, 15, 16, that the Holy spirit brings things to our remembrance, but how, like we need to know the word. We actually need to know what God is saying and what's Absolutely. on his heart. When I prophesy, I want to know, and again, not just a specific scripture taken out of context, which often happens. I want to know the Lord's heartbeat. That's why the context around the scripture is important because yeah. I want to have the full heartbeat of the father. If I'm going to give a prophetic word to you, Jeff, I want to make sure it's the full heartbeat of the Father yeah. and not just a scripture taken out of context or something that I might be feeling. Feelings are awesome. God uses feelings all the time, but it's the scripture that grounds the feeling. It's the scripture that anchors the feeling and actually um, proves the integrity of that feeling. Mm. So that was my first point. Did you want to add anything to that? I feel like when you go next to knowing the Bible actually protects you from uh, false prophecies, a bit of a, yeah. a, 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 a bit of a buzzy sort of triggery word, but that's not quite like, not quite where we're going. We're talking about like sh wolves in sheep's clothing. We're more like talking about just missing the heart of the father or, or just yeah. missing truth completely. Mm -hmm. um, if you know the word, then you'll know, um, that the prophetic utterance isn't going to contradict it. Yeah. Uh, I know sometimes it can challenge your understanding of it. And I know Bill Johnson sure. um, said some really great, framed that really well. Sometimes it might challenge your understanding mm. of the word, but it won't contradict the word or the spirit of the word. Yes. Um, yeah. And so knowing the word is going to keep you, even you. If something goes to come out of your mouth and it, and it clearly contradicts the word, you've got to filter that. Hang on a second. Now that, this is the Holy Spirit. That's not, and you just, it, it divides. And the more you do it, the, the further back along the filtration system, that's going to get caught. Like early, the earlier where something comes into your mind is like, no, nah, that's not the Holy Spirit. I know my father. I know his yeah. word. Yeah. And which is a, which is very much the same thing. And then yeah. it, it keeps you knowing truth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And also, um, I'll just be real here. Like, we are fastly approaching um, the end and there are many deceivers in the world. And the Lord's had me on this journey lately with the word counterfeit. Mm. I just, I'm like, there's counterfeit Jesus. He's an imposter. This, I'm not talking about people. I'm talking about the spirit. You know, the um, people think the Antichrist spirit and they think, oh, he's going to be the devil. It's going to be directly against Jesus. He's going to say Jesus isn't the Messiah. And that's true. But there are like lesser spirits out there that are deceiving Christians into Absolutely. thinking, oh, this is it, it's a counterfeit Messiah. It's not the real thing. And so as a as a prophet, but also as one who hears uh, the, the people of God who's receiving a prophetic word, we have to know the word of God for ourselves so that we're not deceived. 
so that we can say, oh, wait a second. Yeah. That like you just said, like, oh, no, 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 that's yeah. my, that's not, that doesn't sound like my Jesus. It might be twisted a little bit. Like I can see it kind of does, but that's that right. that's not, that's not Jesus. Mm. No, but, but you don't, you don't want to be deceived. And so right. as a prophet, I don't want to get caught up in that spirit and prophesy. Sure. You know, and not not false prophecy, but like I don't want to prophesy something over you that's not the very words and heartbeat right. of my Jesus, because the spirit of prophecy yeah. is Jesus. Yeah. So are um, you talking more like about prophesying from your soul versus prophesying from the spirit? Like so <laughs> yes, no. That's a that's a realm of it, Jeff, but probably not yeah. the primary realm. I think okay. that's the realm where you you where you start getting into trouble yeah uh and the way you stop moving from soul realm into like outright deception is by the word of god because it divides between soul and spirit mm, so yeah. you're able to go hang on this is a soul feeling or yeah. as um many of the um teachers of like of the 1920s they'd say it's sensory knowledge uh where you're feeling things in your in your very emotions and your senses Whereas the spirit man is feeling something that's from the Lord. And so the word of God's able to slice cleanly between those things. Yeah. Okay. But um, uh, prophecy is not, not just about foretelling and foretelling. It's also, um, it's a realm of revelation. And so you're getting understanding as you prophesy, um, both of the things that you're speaking about and of the nature and truth yeah. of God. And, and uh, that's a vulnerable place if it's not girded by the word of God. That's why, the uh, Ephesians chapter six says to gird your loins with truth. Yes. Um, it doesn't actually say yes. belt of truth. It actually says to gird your loins with truth. That should wrap truth around you. Proverbs says to buy truth and do not sell it, which is actually a word right now for the next couple of years for the that's, body of Christ. Yeah, that's my word. <laughs> um, yeah, Mandy got that at the beginning at the end of last year, but um, uh, uh, that that stops you from walking into a realm. People come and they they you know they say stuff. Like, this is the Lord. This is where he's taking the church. This is truth. And it's from a place that seems like a prophetic revelation, but it's contrary to the word. Yeah. Uh, and, a, and you end up in a bad place. Yeah. And um, and so the, yeah. knowing the word just stops you from going there. It stops you from operating a soulish realm. Yeah. It'll stop you from um, operating in response to things or reaction to things or in. Yes. Um, yeah. whether we'll it's, talk about that in a bit. Okay. Yeah. Uh, whether it's like bitterness or. Um, or, or disappointment or angry about an issue or angry about something that's happened in your in the in the church or your life yeah. or your your group of friends or whatever will stop you from all that stuff and stop yeah. you from going down doctrinal paths that are that are wild and muddy and and so, gross yeah. and ultimately destructive yeah and we'll keep you just on point with the word yeah. um and we'll we'll get there in a second but i wanted to oh yeah hit that. That. So, um so jeff you will um you and I have spoken about this behind the scenes, but there there's a television program that's based on some really amazing books. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were discussing, I don't know if, if I should say it all, but hey, I mean, what? <laughs> okay. So, so not, not having a go. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just going to say there's just a program and some books. Now, yeah. those of us who have read the books, okay. Um, we know we know the backstory. We know the the truth, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But when you watch this program, that's that's kind of based on the books. Um, it's quite different from the books. And so, 
there's a whole new generation of people who have never read the books who are thinking, oh, this is the backstory. This is what it is because it's the pro look, the program's well done. The cinematography is awesome. You know, some of the actors yeah. are attractive and whatever. And so you yeah. get sucked into this plot line. Uh-huh. And I really felt like that was just a great illustration from the Lord that yeah. like, if you ha- don't know the word yeah. of God, you're going to get sucked into something. So, that, so good. Yeah. That the backstory is twisted. It looks good. It looks a bit, you know, it's, it's intriguing. It's intriguing. The story is intriguing, but <clears throat> it's not the real story. Yeah. Yep. You've got to go back to the original book. Yeah. I'm like, I keep touching my Bible. You have to go back to this. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to get caught up in something. Come on. That's a great that's illustration. Not the, the truth. Yeah. Um, it's a narrative that's been twisted. And and let me tell you, like that, I feel feel like the Lord said that's why we're to buy truth and not sell it. That's why we're to know this thing no. because truth is going to be presented to truth is going to be presented to us in a way that is alluring. And it appears kind of true and it looks good and it's compelling it, yes, arguments yeah. and reasons. It's almost like there's enough in there that you can recognize as true that you just, you it would be easy to fall into the trap if you didn't know the word of just assumption. Okay, well, yeah. that's true. That's true. Surely the rest of it's true. I don't even need to look at it. Rather yeah. than where it's like you just default to this, yes. you know, and, and just interpreting yeah. it through your brain versus, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so okay. it's just, and look, another thing, the, you know, and we've got scripture, Matthew 24, 11, Jesus says many false prophets will rise up and deceive many, you know, and then you've got um, down 1 John 4, 1, beloved, do not believe every spirit, test the spirits, yeah. right? We're meant to test the spirits, but how do you test a spirit or how do you test a prophetic word if you don't know? That's the right. word of God, mm, you know, we okay. have to be anchored to that. And even in the last days as, as prophets, um, how am I going to offer you hope? How am I going to offer true outrageous hope in the last days to the bride of Christ? If I don't know that there actually is hope or if I'm reading part of the scripture that's, not bringing hope. Like I need to know prophets need to know that there's hope, but likewise we need to know what the end looks like so that we can prepare the people Mm. and you can do both really, really well when you stay in scripture and you know what the word of God says. Absolutely. Do you guys, uh, do you guys feel like there's a danger? um, And maybe this is exactly what you're talking about. And I'm just kind of re like redefine, like, adding another layer of explanation, but um, I do feel like there are some people who, I don't know if it's their flesh, but it, there, there's like a part of their flesh that wants, like, so you'll have some people that just all they read is the wrath aspect of, of scripture and they'll pull it. They'll, they won't take in the, cause you need to take all of it, right? Like you yeah. can't just take the wrath or the grace you know, and, and then interpret it just as that. Right. Um, a lot of like the wrath of God was consequential as a result of God in his grace, giving, you know, the Israelites so many, like come back. If you would just come back to me, we would do this. If you just, and I mean, that would happen over long 
long periods of time, but um, where you'll have some people where the, they just focus on the wrath and then you have people that just focus on grace. And I feel like that's where you can really get into the, uh, the weeds a little bit where it's like, yeah. yeah, you are reading the scripture. And they would say, I do read the scripture, but it's like all the, I'm like, man, I'm just focused on the wrath scriptures, or I'm just focused on the grace scriptures and realizing not taking in all, both like the whole of scripture. I um, mean, no. I do feel like that can be a trap with people too, where they may hear what you're saying and go, but I am, I am reading scripture. I do read the word. I do spend time in the word. Cause I do know some people that are very wrath driven in what yeah. they talk about. It's all they talk about. And then there are people that are just grace. Like you can do no wrong. Yeah. You know, and yeah. Yep. So. Well, for starters, I don't think it's about balance. Hmm. <laughs> you can't balance law, grace, wrath. Those things don't, they're not, they're not designed to be balanced. When you balance something, you're putting two contradictory forces against each other and trying to find a middle ground. God doesn't contradict himself. He's okay. the same right across. Yep. Um, you'll have the same problem with quote unquote law and grace and things like that. Mm-hmm. It's about framing. If you, um, if you just read the New Testament, particularly the epistles of Paul, and allow the scripture itself to frame where these things fit in the narrative of God, you won't have a problem. But if you are having arguments about concepts or words like wrath or grace or whatever in isolation, it's nothing more than argumentation in your head mm. like between uh, you know, people's minds and the ideas and stuff like that. You just got to let the word speak for itself. Mm. Um, you know, if you're having issues with, with wrath and, and, and grace, then let the new covenant be reframed for you. Go and read Galatians, go and read Romans, the, particularly the first eight chapters, go and, um, read Ephesians one and two and know what's been done for you and the context into which it's been done and meditate on that over and over again, because the gospel, the righteousness of faith is the Rosetta stone that unlocks the lens for the rest of the scripture mm. it is the mystery of god um that's why paul has such a passion for it in colossians chapter two uh, he said it's his, his agony is to see them grounded in love rooted in and grounded in love and uh in the full assurance of faith which comes from a true understanding of god's mystery which is christ uh, so if you let the scripture frame those things for you, you won't have a problem because the puzzle pieces will be in the right places in the jigsaw puzzle you might be trying to balance concepts that you, um, you know, try to force them into places that don't mm-hmm. belong. And that's why it's important to know the word. Yeah. That's really I good. I was going to say, yeah, that's a great answer. Oh, it's not about balance. Like that's like, yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Going down a little bit of a different vein, um, mm-hmm. as a prophet, I, I, there are different types of voices. And to use my friend Anita's terminology, um, there are different jurisdictions, okay? Yeah. So my jurisdiction is hope. Mm-hmm. I'm always going to speak hope. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm not going to deny, and, mm-hmm. and you would, if you follow me, you would have heard me say this before, I'm not going to deny the giants in the land. I'm a Caleb. I'm not going to come and tell you, oh, don't look at the giants. Let's not look at, like, yeah, there are giants over here, but you know what? God is bigger. So let's like, let's do what he's calling us to do, right? Mm -hmm. But I do know that there are people who are called to be more of a John the Baptist 
kind of voice who are called to say to the bride of Christ, hey, look, guys, you need to, you know, get it together. Come on, guys. Of course, from a place of love, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I feel like it's all this, whatever spirit you are presenting, got to look at that. You got to look at the motive. You got to look at all that. But I'm talking about like the pure voices of God that carry the father's heartbeat. There are different, um, jurisdictions. And so one of our good friends is a John the Baptist, and he will often be looking at the scriptures of wrath, but he's looking at it through the lens of the new covenant. He's Mm. looking at it through the lens of Jesus. And so, you know, for those people that maybe are like, well, there's certain prophetic voices that you're thinking of that are more, you know, and and less the grace of God. I think that there are different, we do have different jurisdictions yeah, metro ones, good, yeah, whatever the word point. is you know um but again again you've got to know the whole of what jesus has done can't call yourself a john the baptist and come and smash the church mm-hmm. without pointing to the one who's greater and that's jesus mm. so yeah that's good yeah um really made a, a comment earlier about i guess prophesying from a place of like, uh, like wrong motive or like, like a fleshy sort of place or, you know, uh, out of response to something. And um, a few weeks ago when I was speaking about Hebrews 4.12, the word dividing between soul and spirit, right? Um, I feel like I'm not, I just want to share because I, you know, the way that I teach, I unpack, I just yep. unpack. Mm -hmm. application okay so the way that i would get a prophetic word from the lord is first of all i go to him as a friend right thanks for listening the elijah fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours to become a partner visit elijahfire.com slash give um i what i celebrate him i worship him i like lay down my life i i you know from there I feel like often I'll grab my Bible and I'll be reading scripture. It'll either come from a time of prayer where I go into some prophetic vision or I have a dream or something or from scripture. Cause we were talking Bible 101. I'll read a scripture and it will begin. There's a, a realm of revelation to use his terminology. There's like this realm of revelation that comes forth because I'm reading the word of God. And then suddenly I'm like, Whoa, it's like the, words are alive on the page it's living and active and he begins to speak to me and i know that that's the word of the lord so an example recently going back to what you said trying to tie it together here mm-hmm. um there i had a word about being unadulterated which yes. i probably should have let um illumination know that ahead of time to get the link up there but anyway Elijah List published it. I think it was last year. And we also did a we did a, an Elijah Fire episode literally called Unadulterated. So if people just yeah. scroll down, you'll see last yeah. year. You can't miss it. It says Unadulterated. Woohoo! Yay! Illumination's the best. She's on already. Um, I love it. But that word came forth, and I knew that was the word of the Lord. I knew that. I knew that's what God was saying to his, his bride. However... There was, and this is where Hebrews 4.12 comes in. Um, while I was praying into that word, because I take some time mm-hmm. to do that. I get something, I write it down initially, and then I pray into it for a few days or a few weeks. Um, I was having an issue with 
a woman in my world um, who is a friend, but who was gossiping about people and like Mm -hmm. um, planting seeds of doubt. It was just where she was at at the stage. And I always walked away feeling tainted somehow, like yucky and like, oh, yes. And I'm like, oh, like this purity that I want to maintain because it's what the Lord is calling me to. But I didn't know how to deal with this woman. And she's in ministry and I just didn't know how to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And so I got angry. Mm -hmm. So when I was writing the final draft of this word, before before I submitted it to Elijahless, I I was angry and I was started finding myself writing in response to what I was feeling about this person and the, the, not the person but the person's actions, right? And so I went back into Proverbs to look up some scripture to justify how I was feeling because I felt like that's what the Lord said I needed to put in this word so that people knew, right? And in that moment, Hebrews 4.12 says he divides between soul and spirit. Mm -hmm. I'm reading Proverbs trying to find some, do we in the wrong, for the wrong reason, right? Mm -hmm. And what Proverbs is doing to my own heart is dividing it divining like hey hey hold on a second reading the word of god and he's like "Mm, that motive that's wrong yes this is the word of god but you need to double check this you need to check your heart here you need to check your emotions here you need to and so i was able then to go back and say the whole word is about being unadulterated and look look what i'm doing like (laughs) so i had to repent i had to give it back to him Mm. i had to let I allowed the word of God as a prophet to divide, to weigh, you know, it was testing and weighing. And then I think I let you, maybe someone else read over the word, a couple of people read over the word. And then I was like, okay, now I know because of scripture as a prophet that the word, that this is the word of the Lord and it's not muddied by my own feelings. So good. Because the word of the Lord divided. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's another reason that we need to be in the word of the Lord. Wow. So, so, good. so good. Yeah. Love it. Here's my bit. There's something about being honest about it too. I think um, you got to be honest with yourself before the Lord as well. And with yeah. other people, like letting people check you. Yeah. Um, check your understanding of the word, check your um, prophetic uh, revelations and 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 see because uh, I was driving uh, like beginning of last year and uh, I changed lanes without checking my blind spot. Now I am very aware of the cars around me, so I I knew there was nobody there. But as I did it, the Lord said to me, "Always check your blind spot." And um, I knew He wasn't talking about my driving because I pretty much always do check my blind spot mm-hmm. like anyone else that's a responsible driver. Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, my gosh, even when you think you know what you're doing, yeah. check your blind spot. I knew he wasn't talking. He's was talking about the prophetic. He's talking about when you listen to the Lord, like check your blind spots. And so, um, so you know, you might have a soulish emotion or something going on there. Um, and you won't know always. Yeah. Or you won't know until you check sometimes. Like yeah. um, whether it's checking with um, – that proverb says in the multitude of counsel, there's wisdom. Uh, and also says in the multitude of counsel, there's safety. It says in the multitude of counsel, there's success. It says that plans fail for lack of counsel. Um, so you want to get people around you that are safe and, and bounce things off them. 
so um, good, man. And off the Lord as well, just being able to say, hey, Lord, as soon as you check sometimes, it's almost like, you know, when you've got a friend that really, really knows you and you're about to do something and you're like, hey, bro, could I, should I do this? And before you even finish a sentence, because you're looking them in the face, you're like, yeah, I already know. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and look, it's like that with the Lord. Hey, you're like you look the Holy Spirit in the face and you're like, hey, God, what do you think about? Uh, or you look him in the face and say, hey, God, what do you think about? I feel like I'm not. And the Lord's like, you're fine. Yeah. You know you're fine. Like, like stop it. And so, but either yeah. way, you won't know until you check with the Lord and with man. Yeah. Um, I think that's so good. The danger of, you know, as you progress in the Lord, and this is especially for younger believers listening, um, you know, and maybe some people that this applies to, you'll know. But the, the danger is, is to start to coast, you know, so, so you were like, I'm on the road. Don't need to check my blind spot. I'm aware. I'm aware. Um, and just the other day we had, or on Monday, I think it was Monday, um, we had on um, a woman who she got saved from the occult. She was a fifth generation witch. Now, from experience, I am aware of the level of warfare that happens around an episode like that. Um, very aware. So, I, I mean, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't, I've, I've, uh, it's been a learning process, but I've gone into episodes like that, just being like, oh, it's just another episode, and then realized very quickly, oh, it's not like any normal episode. <laughs> and because you can experience warfare in the days leading up and the days le- following. Um, yeah. And so, as I've gone through this process of learning, been like very uh, connected with, with Lauren. You know, I have the benefit of having a, a spouse, a godly spouse who you know, we pray together on, on the daily. And, and so we were in constant dialogue, but just being aware of my surroundings and not just being like, it's fine. It's just another episode, you know? And I think that we can fall into the trap of just like, I know what that first means. It's fine. You know, or like, I know, you know, and, and, and then you, you kind of, you, you become less and less aware of your surroundings out of the belief that I've got this. Yeah. Um, and realizing as you mature in the Lord, realizing how much I need Jesus and how much like on uh, a moment by moment. And, and yeah. so it's very much kind of in line with what you're saying in regards to being aware of your surroundings, because that's when things can get a little sticky is when you start to go, I got this, you know, I don't yeah. need to check my blind spot. Yeah. And I think Mandy's transparency as well. Like, I think it's helpful as leaders um to be transparent about processes so because truth has a way of clearing the air yeah like when the truth of things not just the truth of the scripture but like the truth of things when you know and you're honest with why you did something yeah it makes the community around you uh able or diffuses things for starters Mm. Um, people don't get so wound up on trying to be super christian um not that excellence is wrong or that um perfection isn't an expression of um of christ through you but but um, the, the strivy, fake, fake aspect of that, that, that wants so much to try to invade our worlds, when we um, live with humility and we, we're truthful about the process and what's going on in our relationships around us and, our, and, and the community we have, it clears the air. Like People yeah. go, oh, well, I do feel something from the Lord, but I also feel safe to yeah. be able to process it so I can separate what's the Lord and what's um, what's what's other things soul and 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 so on um and if we have that 
we have this really clear atmosphere around us where we can prophesy clearly where the word yes. of the word of god is the truth of the gospel has this way of leveling a community to a place where there's genuine connection and where things like uh, honesty between one another becomes very apparent and very true it, it, like it grips the heart yeah. um it's uh, to, to quote, to kill a mockingbird, we hold these truths to be self-evident. Mm. Um, we don't always actually hold truth to be self-evident until it walks among us and we mm. find our communities. I'll just let that sit for a second. We don't always hold the truth of the gospel as self-evident until it walks among us. When there's honesty in our relationships, yeah. it clears the air. It's very real. Yeah. It, it um, becomes a common point of connection for our now, um, for all humanity, everybody knows it. It's like the, the the parables that Jesus tells. There's no one on the planet that they can't grip because it pierces through all the layers and to the truth of, of their heart. And um, when we're real with each other, we, we do that. It creates a space where everything's clear. But if there's if we're not honest about process, we hide things. If we're um, if we're not honest in our relationships the spiritual atmosphere actually becomes cloudy. It becomes hard yeah. to see. Mm. The truth of the gospel seems to, it's hard to see it outworked in our community. So you're not always sure what things mean. But when there's truth in our midst and there's honesty and humility, you'll read, especially the words of Jesus, you'll read what he says and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm seeing that play out in my community. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing it. It's truth. I see the difference. I see when I do what's right. I see what I do what's wrong. And I see the difference. I see, it. and and you're able to express humility and redemption in in a community. It's easy to prophesy in that place, and the word of God becomes very clear and obviously true mm. in that mm. environment. Yeah, and and we set people up for a win. That like like Mandy there, where she just gave that example of um, you know, I had to separate um, some things that were happening in my heart. Yeah. Then the young prophets that are growing up, I don't mean the office of a prophet or any of that sort of stuff. I just mean everyone's prophetic, right? Yeah. Um, everyone can hear from the Holy Spirit as they grow up. They're like, oh, yeah, I need to be honest in the way that I process what I'm hearing from the Lord, and it's safe to do so, and it will be better yeah. for the recipients of the word because it will hit home. It will be done in a context of truth and safety and love. Yes, yes. Oh, you just gave me an idea too, something else. Um, the safety of Scripture. Yeah. The safety of Scripture. So speaking to a per, like to the people who are receiving a prophetic word, um, I've had the same word given to me in two separate ways. One was without any scripture, and it was um, I always give people grace when they're prophesying because we hear in part and we're trying to work it out, and a lot of people don't know what they're doing. So I, I give grace for that. Mm-hmm. But um, I received. And I can't even remember what the word was, but one where the person, um, it had a great motive. It was great. They didn't use any scripture. I didn't feel unsafe by the word about the word, but I was like, hey, that's, that's an encouraging word. But then the other person gave me the same word and used scripture. And the re- like, because it is alive and active, the word spoken connected with my spirit. Mm, and so yeah. the second person's word maybe wasn't as eloquent as the first person's word, but man, it was like spirit to spirit because it's wow. alive and active. Yeah. And that word actually, it, it, it rooted me in faith. 
to see this promise of God actually come, come to on. pass. So I'm sorry, I just had to no, that's throw good. that in there. Yeah. So. Okay. I have a question to that. So if, if someone gets, say they're starting to hear something like, okay, well I do, I want to prophesy. Like I want to, I mean, oh. um, is it, is it both of these things where sometimes God will bring a scripture to mind in reference to someone along with a prophetic word, or he'll give you words of knowledge and, and, or a specific prophetic word. And you can, you go, Oh, and scripture says this, and it says this about this word and this, and that's like kind of the litmus test of the prophetic word. I mean, cause they were kind of opening like a huge thing, but I just want people to understand this. Yeah, you do that. Um, before we do that, I'm just letting you know a giant red hornet just flew into the room. So I'm gonna excuse myself and smash it. That's yeah. Smash it. No, I leave it because if someone smashes it, it needs to be me. Okay. Um, yeah, because I'm allergic to them. Uh, it's just the enemy. Don't get distracted. Um, get out so, of here, Satan. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's funny. I was about to just tell it to leave in Jesus' name because yeah. we do that quite regularly. Yeah. Um. And they obey. Um, you, you again, Jeff, bang on listening to the Holy Spirit because I was just thinking this is about like receiving prophecy as well. Yeah. Like being in the word keeps you safe. Yeah, is, you know, without going yeah. down the huge like can of worms on how to do that. Yeah, if you stay in the word, then when you hear prophecy given to you, you'll be able to receive it safely as well. You'll be able yeah. to see if it fits the, um, I was going to say the gamut of scripture. If it fits the truth of the scripture, the whole of the scripture that you're embedded in in relationship with the Lord regularly, because we mm -hmm. make it a lifestyle yeah. of doing that, then you just know straight away, not only through your spirit, man, but you'd be like, is this consistent with the scripture? Yes, no, or some of it is, some of it's not. Yeah. Um, we've had, I had a girl um, coming from uh, a difficult background in terms of walking with Christ. Um, I'm not talking about sin. I'm just talking, she, I'm just trying to be vague on purpose because I felt the Holy Spirit say to do so. Um, but but so she was learning to prophesy, but it would often be tainted with some fairly religious sort of undertones. And mm -hmm. she gave me a word that was like it was really confronting, but not necessarily in like the truthful heart confronting way. It was just very like bashed me with this word. Yeah, she's quite young in the word, and um, I I didn't react. I just said, "Oh, thank you," and uh, I wasn't condescending because you know you go, "I oh, think." Bless your heart, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, or you can use thank you like a weapon, but I, I refuse to do that. Yeah. Um, and I, I just said, oh, thank you. I, I just said to the Lord immediately in my spirit, I said, hey, is there anything in there? Like, just show me. Because I felt like there was something in there, but I knew the presentation. Get out in Jesus' name. Go. Go on. Yeah. I'm just about to fly in front of the camera. Um, and um, anyway, uh, she... Um, she gave me this word and I took it to the Lord. The Lord like just reworded it and filtered it for me. And, and it was actually bang on she just the spirit in which she did it was, was a little, like it was actually miles off. It was really, really off. Yeah. But, um, but I knew the scripture and I was able to test it against the scripture, able to peel away the language that was miles off. And the Lord was a really beautiful word actually under like hiding in the midst of that river was, was this beautiful word. And, um, I didn't necessarily get back and say that was a great word because what I didn't want to do is reinforce the wrong stuff, which would be very easy to do in that place. I just said thank you. But the mm. word kept me safe and I was able to test it. And so um, 
the word knowing the word in relationship with the holy spirit makes you robust in the way that you're able to receive words yeah that i can feel mandy's got something um and it won't throw you off as well you won't feel insecure i know uh, people maybe more earlier in like the 90 late 90s early 2000s i saw people and they're like uh, well someone gave me a scripture uh, sorry a, a word a prophetic prophetic word and um and it just really hurt me you know it, you know it, they said this and this and this and i was like no nah, you're responsible like, i could get it right and and we were going through a bit of a phase of maturing in the prophetic at least in the streams we were a part of through that era but and i feel we're in a better place now which is great but um but i, I remember thinking oh I, you're not subject to the words that get given to you like like we actually we need to be rooted and grounded in the word and in our relationship with the father so if something comes our way and it's off we're like okay yeah cool. i don't receive it <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know, i know the truth i'm fine there's no condemnation there's no accusation which are definitely mm-hmm. common spirits that the enemy will try to load onto a word yeah. um he doesn't have any new tricks god speaks in truth and promise and the enemy speaks in lies and accusation that's really really actually straightforward um underneath all the construct of what that can look like and feel like and just knowing the difference you're able to say no i'm I'm just not receiving accusation Mm -hmm. sorry yeah Uh, i know the word yeah that's good yeah and i guess being someone who is prophetic um like i i recognize again hebrews 4 12 the word is living and active so if that living active word is within me matthew 4 4 i'm eating it i'm eating it constantly then what's happening is um out of an overflow of the heart the mouth speaks and so when i prophesy it's just gonna bubble out of me Mm. and like i said earlier whether it's a word through a word of knowledge or through um i think because every every prophet their gifting is a little bit different. And so like Cotton works really, really strongly in words of knowledge. Um, For me, I'm more of a seer. So I start to see things or get pictures or, you know, and and then from there, um, I find that I can tell when I haven't been in the word enough, because if I go to prophesy something, I'm like, oh, what's that scripture? Where's Google? Let me look this up real quick. You know? <laughs> Whereas there are times yeah. when I have been in the word a lot and it bubbles out of me and Come it on. might not yeah. even be, let's That's say I've been really reading first John for six months and it, so coming out of me could be Proverbs and haven't even touched Proverbs in a while. But because the word of God, the whole word of God is living and active. When I prophesy, it's just bubbling yeah. out. So and good. again, it's going to connect with someone's spirit more than a vision or, a, you know, and, and don't get me wrong. There are times where I work a lot in dreams and visions. So I'm a seer and a dreamer. And so I often prophesy in that way. And sometimes I don't have a scripture attached. But when it's coming out of me, it's not like I'm like, blah, 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 blah. Here's your prophetic word, Jeff. And oh, by the way, the reference is 1 John 5, 19. That, I, but the words that I'm saying are the very words of God because yeah. it's living and active inside of me. Well, and I've received prophetic words from you before. And there have been time, like times where there is scripture, a time where there isn't, but it does fall in line with scripture. So absolutely. Yeah. And that's kind of the litmus test. 
is yeah. is that whole thing. And it's interesting, Costa, what you were talking about, about that young girl who was learning how to prophesy. And I was talking to somebody else on the show about this, where there are times when um, someone will give a prophetic word and it'll be like, great, great, great. And all of a sudden it's like, honk, like, and then like, <laughs> like it's almost like that over what they're saying and the da, 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 honk, honk. And so I actually have to take it and then not assume then that that honk is it means that it's not yeah of the Lord to then take and go is there an area of my flesh that's hard to this specific word or is this actually not something that I'm supposed yeah. to agree with and that's yeah. an important thing but again that comes back to like what does God's word say you know what I mean yeah. and and really having that that's that is do you feel like that's an aspect of testing the words as well as not just testing it to see if it's false, but testing it to analyze my own flesh to see, to make sure that maybe this aspect is like, well, I'm, I'm disagreeing with this God. And I'm realizing you're showing me through your spirit that I'm disagreeing with it because there's an area of my heart that needs to be worked on to receive mm. this word. Do you, do you yeah. get what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, um, irrespective of where you're at or what you're doing or how much you've matured in Christ, it's always a good place to be yielded before the Holy Spirit. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that sounds almost like I've made a political statement, but um, <laughs> but uh, that's just the truth of the matter. Just leave your heart permanently yielded before the Holy Spirit. So when you yeah. get something, you just go, like, he, he's my friend. I, I can immediately just go to him, hey, is there something going on here? And yeah. it doesn't even have to be hugely dramatic i don't think we're on a witch hunt to to like strain out every gnat from our soul so to speak all the time i think that's a pretty bad place to live regularly because you're almost you know like a sin consciousness place yeah. it's inconsistent with who you truly are in christ oh, yeah. um <clears throat> in fact i think you'll find it easier to identify foreign like like alien emotions and and mm -hmm. and motives um, if you live in the place of knowing, hey, I am the righteousness of God, then when something pops up, you're like, no, nah, that's not part of who I am. Yeah, bye bye. Um, but and you live in a place of thankfulness and fellowship with the Lord because you because yeah. you know that you've been made clean. Um, and then when there is something off, it's very obvious because when you get a stain on a white shirt, you're like, hang on a second, that doesn't belong there. Yeah. Whereas if you think that you're dirty and you're witch hunting all the time, you could even make it worse and cloudy. Yeah, that's good, man. Um, so just Love live it. with your heart yielded. Yes. Um, I'll tell you what, I'd love to um, go back, if that's all right, Jeff, about like Mandy was talking about the word birthing prophecy. I'd love to talk mm -hmm. about, which we've talked about a bit about testing words and testing yeah. when you receive, when you give, but actually how do you birth? Like what? Like, yeah, that that'd be great. Like life. Um, one of, yeah, one of the, the great things we mentioned is about, you know, you back a prophecy with scripture, but I think it's even better if the prophecy comes from scripture in the first place, mm -hmm. I don't mean that you're just saying a scripture and using it as prophecy as legitimate as that is. I mean, you're in the word. And then as you're in the word from within the word, it births yeah. a prophetic witness in your spirit, either for yourself or for somebody else or, you know, whatever metrons and, and so on. Uh, the Lord puts on your, on your world. Yeah. So I'll give you a great example of that. Uh, I love it. The Holy Spirit, when you speak multiple things at once, I'm just gonna stop and be like, Oh, hey, dude, um, that happens all the time. Um, while you think, I want to yeah. say something. Um, 
this man lives this. So what he's about to share, he lives this. And I live with him, so I can tell you he lives this. He is constantly giving birth to prophetic words and encouragements because he lives in the spirit. He lives in the word of God. He lives in prayer. So I just have to say that because you're amazing. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Who finds a wife finds a good thing. Amen. Favor from the Lord. Come on now. Praise God. So that's surprising. Uh, I'm going to, before I talk about, um, I give an example of birthing a prophetic utterance from the scripture. I just want to frame it um, in the multi dimensional nature of the word of God. And so we kind of hinted at this last week, Jeff, uh, kind of scratched at this sort of stuff, especially with that. Remember that um, that illustration we showed of all like the interconnectivity of the word and all the bands? There was 57,000 or something um, yeah. cross-references within the, the word itself, which was just wild. Um, yeah, I think here, word. let's just show it really quick. I got it. Oh, yeah, hold yeah, on. Yeah. Boom. There it is. It's so awesome. Ooh, it's 57,000 self-referencing cross-references within the Bible. That is so maybe so Could you cool. do that up there for a second? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. That, there's something spiritual about that that picture. Um, the word is multidimensional. Now, what I mean, mechanically what I mean by that is the word could speak within a certain context in its time, but it can carry with it uh, things that that are outside of time outside of its context that are either eternally true or that point to things like i'll give you an example um psalm 22 18 it says that they 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 cast lots for my clothing and when you read psalm 22 in its historical context david is kind of processing as he often does um and then at some point within the psalm it seems pretty clear that david is no longer talking about himself or his own experiences and as many of us know um or for a quick to look it up psalm 22 is one of the big messianic psalms it's talking about jesus uh it becomes very clear that that david's not talking about himself when he says they pierced my hands and my feet mm-hmm. but david wasn't crucified nor was there any stage that scripture um, records David's hands and feet being pierced, talking about Jesus. Uh, so there's this multi-dimensional nature where what's being said within the psalm is a prophetic utterance about Jesus, which is way out of its historical context. So there's this multi-dimensional nature. That's a simple example. A more probably more spiritual example would be 2 Corinthians 4.13. Now in 2 Corinthians 4, Paul is listing a whole bunch of his, it's in the middle of Apostle Paul listing a whole bunch of his experiences of hardship, trials, and persecution, and the yeah. way that God has given him a spirit of faith within that, um, and how he's able to trust God through that as an example for the Corinthian church and for us. But then in, in verse 13, he says, just as the scripture says, I believed, therefore I spoke. This is this line, I believe, therefore mm-hmm. I spoke. And it's a quote from Psalm 116.10. Now, Psalm 116 is this wild psalm about Israel trusting God and actually being faithful to God 
almost in contrast with many of their other periods, being faithful God and yet suffering hardship. And he says in, um, in Hebrew, it actually says, I believed when I was greatly afflicted, <laughs> when I huh. said I was greatly afflicted. But um, Paul's quoting from Septuagint. But anyway, what is being expressed by the writer of that psalm is actually having faith, a spirit of faith, in the midst of hardship that seems to be in contrast with their devotion to God. Hmm. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. And Paul uses it and quotes it and said, hey, this is a spiritual reality for anyone that's putting their faith in God is that there could come a time when your declaration of faith will happen in the midst of circumstances and trials that seem contrary to what you are believing God for, but he will see you through nonetheless. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is as you read that psalm, it becomes an impartation of faith for you to go, hang on a second, now God's got this. Mm. Because in the midst of my trial, I believed when I spoke. I trust you, God. Mm. It's an eternal truth that you can tap into because it's the multidimensional nature of the word of God. Whoever wrote this psalm, has tapped into something that's eternally true and about being in relationship with God, eternally true in the heavens, and is able to testify to it. And then Paul's grabbed a hold of it and said, hey, see this? This guy's story can become your story. It can encourage you because we've entered into the same spirit of faith in following Jesus Christ, Um, which is powerful and which Mm -hmm. means we can take encouragement from the Scripture, the Old Testament, and find a impartation of faith for our circumstances, for our lives, for our future. And that is prophecy. Mm. There's an utterance that's got faith attached to it from the word of God that where something that's eternally true becomes manifested in our heart and then manifested on the earth through faith as we are partnered with it by faith. And it, and it changes the circumstances and gives us the faith to see it through. Hmm. That's prophecy. <laughs> you yeah. utter something by faith. It says we prophesy by faith. Yeah. And by the way, um, Romans actually says, uh, sorry, Romans, I think, and uh, yeah, Romans says, excuse me, um, says that, that all these things were written for our encouragement so that through the scriptures we might have hope. He's not talking about the New Testament. He's talking about the Old Testament. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Yeah. Wild, hey? Yeah. I love that. Dude, <laughs> so if we just live in the scripture, Old and New Testament, because it is the word of God, if we just live in it, we'll find that that their story of faith and its and its victory becomes our story, and that it speaks into our lives, yeah. speaks into our calling, speaks into our circumstance, speaks into our context, speaks into our heart posture, and aligns us and gives us utterance. And we're able to speak to it, and 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 so like these, um, uh, these psalms. Another one is Psalm fifty-five. Um, it's about uh, um, David expressing his grief at being betrayed by a friend. I don't remember. I can't remember. He was one of his advisors who ended up going over to um, to Absalom, and um, and it doesn't end well for him. Um, but he says, "You're my my friend, my close companion, who who betrayed me, who 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 um, you know, spoke against me." And then he, um, he says, um, 
but I'll cast my burden upon the Lord and that he will make it right. I think I've got it in front of me, actually. Uh, Psalm 55, I think it's verse 22. Praise the Lord. It says, cast your burden upon the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. Now, if you've ever experienced that where you've got someone close to you, especially if they're a believer and they should know better and they betrayed you or whatever it is, whatever the context is, that, that can shake a person. Like, how do I forgive? How do I move on? What if, you know, how, how do I balance the circumstances? What if they're affecting my friendships and all that stuff? And then you read this and their story becomes your story. But the testimony becomes your testimony. Faith gets apart. You're like, no, no, no. I can cast my burden upon the Lord. I can give it to him. I don't have to figure it out. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. I can stand yeah. strong. And become to your witness. And then you're able to prophesy from that place. Thank you, God, that you're actually making this work out. Yeah. I know that you put a witness in my spirit from that place that I can prophesy into it. Hmm. So the word becomes the place of prophecy and a verse. And you never know. He might speak specifics right in the midst of that spirit of faith, yeah. that witness of faith, where he's like, hey, I'm going to do this for you. You know, I'm going to, I, and he begins to speak about your future. And I've had that plenty of times where I've gone through a, a tough time. I read the Psalms especially, and then you see the witness of faith from David or Asaph or, or, or whatever. And, um, and then out of that witness of faith, I'm like, no, I won't be shaken. And then bang, God speaks into that and goes, yeah, I've got this future for you. I'm going to do this and this and this. Yeah. Uh, one recently, he showed me a vision of a mountain and a certain geography. And he said, I'm giving you a new realm of authority, a new mantle, a new mandate. It's the Pacific Northwest, isn't it? That's where you're moving, right? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, yes, Lord, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Um, and so then, then comes the details, the foretelling. Um, so there's so that's birthing prophecy from the witness of the word as it becomes yeah, I love your that, story. Because love the word, faith is the meta narrative of the whole scripture. Yeah. Faith, the righteousness of faith in Jesus Christ. The, 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 yeah. Yeah, that is the narrative of Scripture. Mm. So oh, good. Man. Come on. <laughs> so Come I want to give one man. more, <laughs> uh, one more uh, example of the type of way that the Word can have a multidimensional aspect. This is um, yeah. one of those kind of risky examples because if you take it the wrong way, you can like run off with it. But I think it's grounded in the Scripture. Um, when I first got saved, God actually gave me a scripture. He spoke a scripture to me, but I didn't know that scripture. I'd never read it because I hardly had read the word yet. Yeah. And so um, I got saved and then I had this word like sort of rattling around in my head and in my heart. It was uh, in my spirit, man. Actually, I didn't know it was my spirit, man, at the time. Um, and it, it was, you've put your word in my heart and it shut up in my bones like fire. And I'm weary of holding it in and I cannot. And so I remember because when I was saved, because of the prophetic call in my life, I could feel it like coming up out of my spirit. Uh, in fact, along with that, I even had um, kind of a um, uh, Revelation 10 where, they, where uh, the angel gives John a scroll and says, eat the scroll. It'll be sweet in your mouth and, but bitter in your stomach. And um, I felt like when I had a word birthed in me, a prophetic word birthed in me, it was bitter in my stomach and it would almost make me feel sick until I spoke it out and it was sweet in my mouth. Wow. And uh, so I had these two things that were intertwined with each other. I didn't know there was scripture. Something in my spirit man knew that they were from the Bible. And one day I used to stay up almost all night reading the prophets. I have no idea why. I wouldn't recommend it as a new believer. It was very specific to me, even though I had read the 
the gospels heaps and heaps, which I would probably mm-hmm. highly recommend, especially John, if you're a new believer, mm-hmm. just live in that space first. Yeah, that's good. And then move to the epistles. Um, but um, but yeah, I'm reading Isaiah, reading Jeremiah, and not really understanding it, even though my spirit man was just getting fed, 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 fed. And all of a sudden, bang, Jeremiah 20, verse 9. If I should say I will not speak about him, then his word will be shut up in my bones like a fire. I'm weary of holding it in, and indeed I cannot. And I realized, and as, as I read the scripture, it, like it, it confirmed the call on my life to speak the prophetic utterance that the Lord gave to me. Um, very strongly. It was extremely powerful. Um, now, that is way out of context because Jeremiah was experiencing crazy um, persecution from his own people because he had told them, you're going to go into exile. And they weren't happy about it. Different yeah. kings and officials were unhappy. And then they throw him down a well. And then, and then he says, uh, he prophesies, hey, when you go into exile, don't, or when part of Israel, part of Judah had already gone into, Israel, into exile and they were besieging Jerusalem. And, um, and they, there were prophets or so-called prophets and they're telling the people, hey, you know, God's going to throw down um, Babylon, you know, get ready, he's going to give you victory. And Jeremiah's like, no, that's not true. Um, you're going to be there for 70 years. So mm-hmm. seek the well-being of Babylon. Seek the well-being of, of, your, um, uh, of your captors. Seek the well-being of the city. God, build houses. God's going to give you favor there, which sounded you know, contradictory to what they um, would have wanted. And again, not, not happy about it. Um, and in the midst of that, Jeremiah's like lamenting and he's got the whole book on it. <laughs> yeah. and, um, and then he says, but I can't stop. Because your word is driving, it's something. It's a fire in my. I have to speak your word, mm-hmm. God. Um, and so God, God gave me that scripture, and it was out of context, but it was a promise for my life. Mm-hmm. And then when I read the scripture, I finally read it. It got grounded and like ratified. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's something that I think, I guess, is sometimes God will speak out of context, but obviously it was unto something because then you went back and read the whole thing. I think uh, anytime that God, cause God has given me like very clear life verses that were out of context um, or used two different scriptures and piece them together. I've yep, shared it on the show before too. Where like for me in my early years, it was Psalm 37, four, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And even then God took me through a oh, nice, nice. Um, what God took me through a process of like showing me a very valuable lesson through that scripture, which was, I'm not a vending machine, but I work all things together for the good of those who are in Christ Jesus. And then he actually gave a part two, which was Colossians three, two, which was, so it's delight yourself in the Lord and give, he will give you the desires of your heart. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. And yep. so it was like, that was the, that was the part two of it. And it was realizing like, and I share this a lot on the shows, like realize the revelation that came through that process was God, you're the desire of my heart. Like Come delight on. yourself in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. Well, that's that, that's the kicker. You're the desire of my heart. Yep. And yeah. so like, that's what, that, that's what birthed out of that process of giving those two separate verses, which was such a cool multi-year process. And that's what's so fun yeah. with God is it's, we can get frustrated and being caught up in the moment by moment, but then it's like, that's the adventure of living a life of, of reading the word yeah. is it's that a it's like, it's like, romance. Yeah. 
it's yeah. like it's so fun it, like that aspect is really fun and he wants to yeah. do that with everybody you know so absolutely yeah. um and the cool bit is like you know i say it's out of context it, it is and it isn't it's out of context in terms of like it's out of its place in history but I, jeremiah's story became my story because like him, I too have a prophetic call on my life and I can't, I just can't not speak it. And that's, yeah. so he's, and there's a witness of faith that's come with that because his story, his relationship with God has become my story because I too have a relationship with God. Yeah. Mm. Back to, I started with Isaiah. Isaiah, 50, that sounded more Southern. <laughs> Isaiah. Isaiah. I'm a Southern girl at heart. Isaiah 55, 11, which says his word, he goes forth. And it accomplishes um, everything right he here. has for it to accomplish. And yeah. so like both of you have heard his word and it's accomplishing what he wants it to accomplish in your lives. Yeah. I'll, I'll give one last example and then I'll give an, then I'll talk about actually like a really simple way to birth a prophetic word for yourself out of the word. Sweet. Um, so one more example of the multidimensional nature of the word of God. This is a cracker um, for the Americans out there. Uh, <laughs> a <probably> cracker. <laughs> A, a banger. It's a, a banger. banger. That's it. That's right. Banger. Yeah. Um, that's Wait, right. I thought a banger was a really good song these days. Well, yeah. Uh, really maybe good. it is. Yeah. But, you know, well. Multi contextual. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's actually not. I think it's multi. It's yeah, multi. I think you can use a banger for all kinds of different things. Yeah. The yeah. multi dimensional yeah. nature of the banger. Okay. Let's go here. <laughs> <laughs> Illumination says yes. So it's also a great yeah. sausage as well. Yeah. English, English bangers. Are so good. Yeah. Anyways, bangers continue. Yeah, yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. I love Sorry. bangers and mash. Fish yes. and chips and bangers and mash. I'm Come so on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Go to that breakfast chip. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's all right. It's word. Oh, it's yeah. me. <laughs> yep. So Acts 30, uh, Acts 13 41. Quotes Habakkuk 1.5. I'm going to read Habakkuk 1.5 or Habakkuk. It says, look among the nations, observe, be astonished, behold, because I am doing something in your days you would not believe if you were told. Now, God actually gave me that scripture as a witness for my life. Um, so uh, he's given me a spirit of faith to believe for things that are absurd. Uh, and we've watched it over and over again, particularly in finances. <laughs> over and over again so stuff will happen the circumstances just look ridiculous whether it's for me or for the church or something like that and then god will give me that scripture again i'll be like yep god's gonna do something that's so awesome that you wouldn't believe it even if i told you and he says that to me and i watch my life manifest that as i first got saved he gave me a car paid for bible college all this stuff i was just in pretty much poverty line living <clears throat> so the historical context is Habakkuk is prophesying that God is going to call the Sabaeans from the north and destroy um, Israel. <laughs> it's <Sweet>. wild. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like, you know, that's why he's prophesying like that. The sense in which, like, you wouldn't even believe that I would do this because these guys are a wicked nation, but I'm going to use them to execute my covenant with you because you've broken it. Hmm. Right. That's its historical context. But then the apostles pull it out of its historical context and use it as a witness against their own people for not believing the gospel. Mm. And says, hey, in, in uh, Acts 13, 41, I'm going to do something so amazing that you won't even believe it. You scoffers, look among the nations and behold. 
and it's not just um a witness of judgment that he's like this idea of the christ dying for your sins is so ridiculous it's that kind of redemption that you wouldn't believe it if i told you but i want you to believe it anyway so wow. come so and be saved so it's more the they're they're pulling the concept of it rather than like the literal like the whole thing between like mm-hmm. why god even said it in the first place was that, hey it's from these people that you know are not jews and they're going to come in and i'm going to cause your the covenant with with you to be severed um well no i'm going to execute my covenant in other words oh, ex- gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. the punishment the covenant actually says mm. yeah but the so in acts they're more taking the concept of that right so rather than like a literal but it's more the concept of god doing something unimaginable something that you wouldn't imagine but is in relation to to jesus versus the sabians or whatever you said they were <laughs> yeah yeah am i am uh, i am i explaining that right yeah, yeah. I wanna... I, i'd actually i'd actually be more audacious than that and uh and saying that uh they've taken and my historical literal friends are gonna um are gonna crucify me for this some good friends we have great discussions about this but i have a feeling that it was a multi-dimensional prophetic word that it applied to their situation and to christ i'm gonna say something fantastic not only that, but when God gave it to me as a prophetic word, it was positive. And I think in terms of um, them speaking to, to the uh, fellow Jews when they preach the gospel in uh, Acts 13, 41, it's, it's positive as well. It's like, hey, if you don't believe this, then the rock of stumbling will, be, will, will fall upon you. But if you do believe it, this is awesome because it's a redemption that was promised to you first as Israel. And uh, it's so amazing that it confounds your values and your expectations. But come and be a part of it because God loves you and wants to redeem Israel. It's been his plan all along, his heart all along. Yeah. So without getting too much down the track of Israel and all that stuff, that's not probably not the point. The point is it was multidimensional nature of this prophetic word is that it applied to um, Habakkuk's time. And then it applied to the gospel and then it's applied personally to my life and all three of them god has spoken to me about yeah man and then it's even i, I don't <laughs> don't jeff i i was like gonna go down a whole like no don't do it hour-long no. conversation pretty sure i know where you're going but here's the point if no. you're gonna be able to listen to god like that don't yeah do it jeff um, <laughs> yeah. um the whole point is uh, a that, that it's multidimensional, and B if you're not rooted in the word in the rest of the word, then if God does give you a word like that, or someone does take a scripture out of its original historical context, you're going to struggle to be able to um, to be able to know whether it's the Lord or not if you're not grounded in the rest of the word, because irrespective of what piece of scripture God speaks to you from, whatever his point is is still going to have to be consistent with the rest of the word yeah and if you live in the word and you know the holy spirit and you know his heartbeat both from your relationship with him and your relationship with him through the word then you're not gonna he has a little to be able to speak to you like that and you're not going to be able to put uh, let astray by um people doing it um uh, uh un uh illegitimately So I have a, a question, um, and I think this is uh, based off of um, Philippians 4.13, which is, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me, <laughs> yeah. which is a very, I mean, it's like the ultimate bumper sticker first. And, it, you know, people blast it and saying, 
that's taken out of context because obviously when Paul is talking about it, he's talking about hardship. He's like, I've had a lot. I've had a little. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. It, obviously, there are people in a, with a lack of maturity that can take that and do something dumb. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, you know, they're kind of in this mindset of I can do no wrong. And they're like, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. I'm like, yeah, but you got yourself into this mess. Okay. Like, but yeah. I've been thinking about this a lot. And so I would love to hear you talk a, a little bit about this if you want, or a lot, however you want to do it, um, is it is true though. Like if I go through a, a hard thing or if I'm going through a, a rough patch at work or I'm, you know, you're going through a, uh, a rough patch in your marriage and you're committed to one another, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me, recognizing that that's where your source of strength mm -hmm. comes from. So yeah, it's being taken out of context, but I just want to hear your thoughts on it. Like, cause I wouldn't, I, I don't often throw that verse out because I do feel like it's overused, but there are situations where it does apply to, right? I mean, that is the truth that he is our strength, right? Like he will, but, but I do feel like people often take it and apply it to whatever they, they want so that it favors them um, in their situation. But I would love to hear your thoughts on that. I'll go first. Yeah. Um, I would just ask, like, if you take using that scripture, um, where's where's your heart postured? Hmm. Like, is your heart postured with him as your Lord, hmm. the supreme authority? You're fully yielded to him. If that's the case, then when you want to utilize the utilize that scripture, it's not going to be in the wrong way for your mm -hmm. own self benefit. You'll be utilizing that scripture because you're suffering for the sake of Christ or because you're, you're walking through something and you know that he is your everything and you need him and he is your strength today and he is your grace today. You know, I, I, I would question those who want to like, fight against well no you use that scripture for whatever where where is your heart postured you know i i'm really personally on a journey right now i want to journey people into a lifestyle of being yielded to his lordship because when we're not yielded to his lordship it's easy to take scripture and twist it for your own benefit sure. it's easy to to think that you're being attacked when really you've just done something dumb yourself, you yeah. know, and then you want to grab that scripture and, and cling to, but I can do it because Christ gives me strength. Yes, he does. That is true. But where is your heart postured? What's your relationship with him look like right now? Yeah. So that would be my opinion yeah, on that. That's good. Nice. That's, that's, that's a banger. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty straightforward. Mandy's really hit the heart of it. I could say a bunch of stuff, but um, look, <laughs> we're following Jesus Christ. We're listening yeah, to the Holy Spirit. Those are led by the Spirit of the Lord are the sons of God. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're talking about the word and the prophetic. If you take a scripture and just like do whatever you like with it, as opposed to saying, hey, Lord, your word says this. Holy Spirit, can you lead me in this? Then you'll have the leading of the holy spirit yeah like you'll have the prophetic yeah. leading of the holy spirit um in it and you'll you'll get understanding and and you'll yield to whatever it is we don't live our lives just trying to do whatever we want 
um, we live yielded to the Holy Spirit. And so yeah. that Come is on. the posture for reading the scripture. And that's the posture for the prophetic. It's yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, it's funny. You saw on the ball the Holy Spirit today, Jeff, because I was about to just um, do my last um, point from Philippians 4.19. So mm. uh, only six verses later. <laughs> so let's look. Let's ask the Holy Spirit a second. I'm going to land a different, a slightly different or a more, I'm going to narrow the interpretation of Philippians 4.13 a little bit. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I know we talked about hardship and stuff like that, and, and that's definitely part of it. Um, Paul is talking to um, the Philippians and saying, you guys gave me money to support me so that I can keep preaching the gospel in other, other places. And then he says to them, and this passage of scripture gets used for giving messages a lot, offering messages and so on like that. And, and so it should be. Um, but the crazy bit is Paul's not asking them for money. He's saying something after they've already given it to him. And he said, Hey, uh, he says, you know, you, um, I'm really glad that you were able to get some money to me. Basically his words are that you were able to express your concern for me because previously you weren't able, but not that you didn't, didn't love me or have concern for my well-being, but you didn't have any opportunity to get me money. So like now where you can, you know, instant transfer. Venmo, yeah. Use your app. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It would take, it would be dangerous to carry money across country and it take weeks and require people that are trustworthy and all that stuff. Um, you could literally, you could starve to death before help came to you. So our uh, provision came. So, um, so in that context, he's like, Hey, um, I just want to talk about that for a second. Um, I'm really pumped that you're able to, to give me provision. And then he says, not that I speak from need because I'm not seeking my own needs to be met or, or even speaking from a place of want. I'm actually telling you it was great that you gave to me, not for my sake, but for the fruit that abounds to your, you and your faith and your walk. Because Paul is absolutely selfless. It's the selflessness that's produced by giving your life to the gospel. Yeah. And then in the midst of that, his explanation for why he's able to say, I'm not speaking to you from a place of want or need or urgency, um, but actually I'm only speaking for your benefit, is because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Because whether it looks like I've got lots of provision or it looks like I'm in absolute dire need, either way, I'm going to be fine. Because my God will supply all my needs according to yeah. His riches and glory in Christ Jesus, and likewise, yeah. to put it back into His back into the context of the sentence, God will provide all your needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Because you too have entered into this realm of trusting God with your finances, and um, and that's proof of that is that you gave to the work of the gospel, mm. and I'm really pumped about it. Not for my sake, because I don't need anything from you. I trust God because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He'll give me the provision all the time in every circumstance. That's mm. the context. Um, and so when you know that, instead of it narrowing the field of what you can apply that scripture to, it actually broadens it in a way because yeah, any circumstance that comes along where you need provision, you're like, my story has become Paul's story. Yeah. Mm. And it's become our story. It's one of the scriptures that, um, that um, frame, has framed our life. Whether you've got... in the bank account 
or or a million dollars either way i can do all things through christ who strengthens me he will provide yeah and i will continue to give and support the work of the gospel because Mm. that is who he is and it becomes a story so when you when you dive further into the context it becomes more applicable to your life in the right context rather than less applicable yeah yeah Um, that's so good and so to wrap up how you can birth a prophetic word from the scripture Philippians 4.19 says, "My God and my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. If you meditate on the promises of the word, you don't have to be in need, um, but it's, it's a very applicable one. Hey, like there's often people have financial places of need, um, especially, uh, never mind. Um, but but often have um, faces of need in your life, so you're able to go to the Lord and just meditate on Philippians four nineteen, and my God will supply all your needs according to His riches and glory, like in Christ Jesus, and just say it over and over again out loud. Meditate on it. Speak to the Lord about, it. hey God, how does this apply to my life? And watch. I've had it multiple times as I meditate on that. A spirit yeah. of faith rises up, where you'll feel it, mm-hmm. um, both your spirit and your soul. You'll feel it where you're like suddenly the the witness of anxiety, the witness of um, the thoughts of trying to work it out and not being able to, yeah. all that stuff, suddenly there'll be a shift in those spaces and there'll be a witness of faith rises. I feel like, I don't know, God is going to provide. And oftentimes we've had where in the midst of that, God will speak something specific and go, no, I'm going to do this. Or he might not even say words. You just have a spirit of faith where you're like, yeah. oh, no, God's going to change something at my work. I'm yeah. going to get a raise. I've spoken it out of my mouth. I'm going to get a raise. and Because yeah. there was a witness in my spirit in the midst of that where it turns the tables on the situation on the enemy on your feelings turns the tables on it all of a sudden instead of the circumstances dictating to you how you feel you're prescribing prophetic um uh uh, uh, intervention into the situation the promise of god being pulled down from earth from heaven in um and its eternal truth and manifesting into your life first by a witness of faith and secondly by it actually happening in your life oftentimes your mouth is in the middle of that process by declaring it and partnering with it because it's alive and active it's alive and active you're you're stirring up the soil of the word of god in your life and it births a spirit of faith and prophecy is found in that place Um, yeah 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 i'm going to give you a car I, i was praying and i was meditating on those scriptures and then uh, I lost about 10 minutes of time. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Now, back to the show. I was at the end of my bed praying one day, after it was very early in my Christian walk, one of the first times the Lord ever spoke to me in words that I was able to grab as a sentence. And um, I opened my eyes and I realized the clock had moved like 10 minutes forward. I was like, I just lost 10 minutes of time and in my heart in my spirit was i have a car for you and then the very next morning i was washing cars for my boss at the time um he he and his wife and the two adult daughters had all had their four cars on the property and i needed a bit extra money and he said yeah you can come wash my car so uh, i would wash them every saturday morning and uh, the next day i came and he was uh, 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 an elder at a church i was going to and i said hey 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 and i said his name God spoke to me yesterday. He said, I've got a car for you. And he said, yeah, he does. It's out the back in the... And he went out the <laughs> yes. And um, I've had multiple times where the Lord has spoken to me out of that exact scripture 
and um and we just live in it and 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 the previous scripture you mentioned philippians 4 13 i can do all things through christ who strengthens me we just live in that space now mm-hmm. where i'm not concerned about whether the finances are good or or or, or perceivably bad it's irrelevant because my God will supply all my needs because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah. The context Man. has become our lives. So good. Yeah. And, and the contentment but, that comes from that is. It's awesome. Uh, yeah. Like I remember my wife, Lauren and I, like when we were the first couple of years we were married, we were, <laughs> we was super poor and uh, <laughs> like, like, less than a hundred dollars in the bank account poor um after we paid our bills but it was always this moment of gratitude when we were like we're able to we had everything we needed and we're just like thank you god like you we we're we're happy we're we're like and that's why it's so important to orient yourself in the correct position in terms of gratitude and the fact that like we have everything we need and that's jesus and he's going to supply all of our needs and um and that doesn't give us uh, freedom to to be uh, foolish with our money. However, I've experienced a lot of grace in my process of learning to be more responsible with yeah. finances. Yeah. Where I'm like, oh, whoopsie, you know, <laughs> probably shouldn't have bought that thing. You know, let me drop a bomb into that space in a second. Yeah, yeah. I I really struggled with um, with being diligent with my finances when I first yeah. got saved, and I had no skills, I had a poverty mentality, all these things. Uh, we're about to run out of time. Um, um, I just really struggled with it and I was trying so hard and people were preaching diligence and stewardship and all this stuff and they're good principles, right? But actually not the foundational, um, well, that's a dangerous statement, but they're not the foundational um, element of your finances. Faith is. Hmm. And I, um, I asked the Lord, like, what's the go? I've tried so hard to get this right, to get all my ducks in a row financially and I lacked wisdom and I lacked skill and they're, and they're, they're all things that we should grow in, right? And the scripture talks about that, Proverbs and so on. But that wasn't, but God just hit the reset button on my thinking. And he goes, listen, I remember I was walking down the street in inner city, Sydney. Uh, I can still see it in front of me. It was like 20 years ago. Um, he said, diligence and stewardship has its reward and faith has its reward. And the two are not mutually exclusive. In other words, just because you aren't skilled in being diligent or disciplined with your finances won't disqualify you from the rewards of faith and, uh, and vice versa, um, that, um, that there's a reward to being diligent and disciplined and, and wise with your finances, but that's not a replacement for faith. Mm. And so um, and that means it qualifies us all because we're all in different spaces in our diligence and discipline and wisdom with finances. And it can, quite frankly, become a distraction too. Um, and there are, but but anyone can have faith. Yeah. yeah. It's the miracle of faith. It's the genius of faith. It's, yeah. Um, it doesn't matter how clever or wise you are or how new you are. Anyone can have faith and God will reward mm-hmm. it. And he won't bring any, um, he won't bring any grief with it. And he will grow you in, he'll grow you in wisdom. I'll tell you what. I'd rather have that. I'd rather be foolish in faith in the sense that, um, you know, at least as, as long as I'm listening to the Holy Spirit, I'm not talking about mm-hmm. being just doing anything you like. Yeah. Um, or being, um, you know, being, um, you, know, you know, just throwing money away yeah, and, and silly things. Yeah. But, but, but I'd rather be a fool and just listen to the Holy Spirit 
than find myself being so diligent with my finances that I don't tip properly. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'll tell you which one lines up with the word. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you which one's supernatural. <laughs> yes. Because yeah. I, the little figures that are in your bank account, all that sort of stuff, that's good to manage those well and be diligent and discipline. There's a reward for that. But you don't live by that. Yeah. Right. That's right. Okay. Like, and really, it's just money. Like, I know that it's, I, I know that for some people, like, honestly, it, like, it, it is just money. And it's like, yeah. like, I, I know that there's some people going through really hard stuff. I've been through a lot of really difficult things from yeah. when I was in missions and when I was out of missions, yeah. like We've really tough situations. Yeah. But it's, it, re I mean, I mean it. It's just money. Like, yeah. and it, it took me a long time to get to that place where, you know, some, uh, if I've paid for a meal and some people are like, oh, that's so much money. I'm like, like it, it's just money. Like, I'm going to get more. Like, yeah. you know, it's just yeah. like, I don't, you know, and I, Lauren and I definitely live that way. Um, yeah. And I think that that's the appropriate way to live. And, and actually what really led us down this, it was a long process, but, but it was really like when we were probably at our poorest and uh and actually it's funny i used to use my bank statements um from the atm as bookmarks and i found one the other day and it was we had 60 dollars and 51 cents yes, in the bank account right and there. i just laughed when i saw it i was like lauren look remember this uh <laughs> and um but it was we were in that place and god said i want you to start supporting your friends monthly who are missionaries yeah. yep. and they asked for an amount and he said, I want you to double what they're asking for. And I was like, okay. And <laughs> so we did. And it wasn't just like, Oh, you know, like all of a sudden you have a raise. It was now here comes a really big bill. And it was this, <laughs> like, it. I'm not even joking. It was like a, it was like a joke. Like someone was yeah. like, I and then, ah, oh, I got you. Um, and, and it was us going, fighting the urge, the fleshly urge, though I would even maybe argue the Western mindset of starting to trim the fat. And we look at yeah. the Lord's work as trimming the fat a lot of times. And I, my friends have experienced this. I've experienced this when I was in missions where when people have fallen into hard times, the first thing that goes is them supporting uh -huh. the work of the kingdom. And yeah. this isn't always the case. I don't want to generalize, but it, a lot of times it can be. And so for us, it was, okay, God told us to start supporting these people he didn't say to stop and that was the temptation right away was like we made a mistake we got to back out but i was like hold on i know we heard god to start yeah. supporting it. he never said to stop so he knew this bill was coming so he's going to provide a way for us to pay for this and guess what he did you yeah. know and so and that was years ago and here we are so and that becomes a lifestyle yeah, yeah. um if we're gonna have to wrap up I'd love yeah. to finish by, um, I felt like a prophetic word rise up for people's finances. Yeah, come on. Cool. And why wouldn't it? Because we're talking about the word around finances, right? Yep. Um, but one thing I want to say, a lot of people have been through a bit of a wilderness season. The mm. finances have been one of the key spheres of that wilderness yeah. for many people across the earth. And, and the body of Christ is no exception, very much that. But I'll tell you what, the, the lesson of the, of the wilderness is the opposite um, of what sometimes we think it is um uh, the lesson of the wilderness is it teaches you to a depend on god because he's your provision and b that we don't live 
on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Because when everything is out of your provision and destiny is out of your control and you have to live by every word God says, you will learn that, hey, you'll get get to the point of like desperate dependence and desperate submission where you're like, I don't want it if it's not God. Hmm. I I don't want it if it's not God. And you know what? When you learn that lesson, you're like, no, I just want the word. I want God. I just want him. And and then stuff come along. You're like, no, I'm, I just, I, I don't want it. If it's not Jesus, I don't want it. Yeah. I just want to live by, I just, I want yeah. nothing but what proceeds from the mouth of God. When you do that, it sets you up for the promised land because when provision comes, you won't depend on it. Yes. Because you'll be so yielded to the Lord. You're like, I don't care if it's the, if it's the palace, if it's not God, I don't want it. Yeah. And when you're in that place, then you're, um, in a place where you're a trustworthy steward, not because of your wisdom, but because of your faith and dependence and yieldedness to the Lord. And there's people coming out of the wilderness season and you're like, you've been so um, on the knife's edge of needing provision and, and mm-hmm. breakthrough that you've, and, and whenever you've not obeyed the Lord, you've gone with something else, it doesn't turn out well. But when you've obeyed the Lord, it's been like, oh my gosh, that you're at that place. You're like, if it's not God, I'm not touching it. Yeah. And um I just feel right now to prophesy right there's provision coming. There's people where there's audacious faith rising up for you where Mm. a bit like Jeff's example, exactly like Jeff's example. You're like, I don't care if I've got 40 bucks in the bank. If God says to do this, I'm doing it because I don't live by what's in my bank account anymore. I can't. It's not in my control and it's never been in my control. I live for the Lord. I live by his provision. And so you're like, no, I'll do it. And when God says buy a house and you're in debt, you're like, you know what? God's going to do a thing that's so fantastic that yeah. even if he told me, I wouldn't believe it. So you know what? I'm just going to believe it. And uh, I just speak it right now. Impossible, audacious miracles over people's yes. lives and finances. Yeah. I declare over people, I prophesy over them right now, that they're going to do bold leaps of faith led by the yes. Holy Spirit that are utterly ridiculous to the mm-hmm. carnal mind, yeah. uh, that don't make sense in your circumstances. And you're going to see a supernatural shift now in finances in Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. And we declare a generation right now that doesn't live by bread. It doesn't live by um, the wisdom of men. Yeah. It doesn't live by the circumstances. It doesn't live by the era that the world is or isn't in yes. um, or, the, or the economy or whatever it is. They live by the word of God. And in that space, we declare them. They can do all things through Christ who strengthens them because God will provide. God will yeah. do. God will bring about. I speak promises, long-awaited promises that people are like, I feel like we've gone a million miles backwards in this promise. Uh, particularly financial ones, and I say now is the day of your provision mm. in Jesus' name. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And I just want to pray. Um, yes. I heard the Lord say that there are people who agree. They're like, yeah, 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 but I just don't feel hungry right now. I don't have time to read the Word. I don't want to read the Word. I don't feel like reading the Word. There's too many distractions. And so right now, in the name of Jesus, I declare a hunger, a hunger, a Jesus, Holy Spirit hunger deep within every single person, including us. Yes. Um, A hunger for your word. Yes, Jesus. A hunger for your word. Hmm. And I decree right now as a child of God that distractions no longer can take you out. (laughs) Distractions can no longer take you out. Mm -hmm. I thank you, Father, for that hunger, that insatiable hunger that's just going to rise up in every single one of us. 
that we just can't get enough of the word of God. Yeah. And I think that's going to bubble up and flow out. It's going to, it's like rivers of living water coming from yes. the depths of within mm. us, Father. And for those who are new to the prophetic that want to be able to prophesy and speak the word of the Lord, that it would be the very word of the Lord, that you would give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Yes, God. God, to understand new depths of you, Jesus. And I thank you that from Genesis to Revelation, it is just the <laughs> prophetic word of you and of your love and of Jesus, our great Messiah, the one who transforms our very nature. Mm -hmm. And I thank you, Father. I thank you that even now you're putting that, that hunger and that revelation, that spirit of revelation upon us. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Oh, thank you, Lord. Yeah, God's Amen. going to impart wisdom to people as they uh, just live in the word. It says, yeah. Proverbs 8 says, wisdom will enter your heart. Knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Uh, I feel like prophesying is going to become easy for some people because they're living in the word. And when they encounter yeah. a witness in somebody else, they'll just know because they just know the word. And they'll be like, oh, Amen. man, this is what God's going to do. I know he's going to do it because I know the word. Amen. Amen. I love you guys. This is great. This is so fun. Um, okay, so Mandy, obviously you have uh, set up a website that's a link, a link within your website that's sort of yes. for you and Costin. So, yes. what kind, what what's on there? Talk about it. Give people the details. It's well on the outrageous hope Mandy Woodhouse outrageous hope dot com. If you go there or go directly to the link that we've got up here. Forward slash Carsten and Mandy. <laughs> yeah. um, work in progress, but you can mm -hmm. check us out there. And if you uh, sign up to receive the emails from me, that's that's for both of us. And so, yeah. Awesome. Does that make sense? <laughs> that makes perfect sense. Cool. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, yeah. yeah. So exciting things are on the horizon. New, new and exciting things with Costin and Mandy, and they even have a little hub set up so that you know <laughs> they can, uh, you know. So, all right, guys. Well, um, thank you so much for doing this series. Um, I it's like dense, and I I'm gonna like let it sit, and then I'm gonna go back. <laughs> so, so much good stuff in here, and there's, you know, yeah. It's just thank I, you personally I, for having us, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. And my my honestly, my 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 greatest prayer from all of this is that it stokes a fire within people to to the read word. the word for themselves and go, oh, like yeah. that's what it says. That's who I am, and and being Come able on. to look through that, like you were saying, the meta narrative of scripture is faith, right? Like yeah. that's man. That's it. And like, that's one of the biggest areas I think within, especially within the Western church where we get attacked the most is like faith. Cause it's like, well, I need, we get, we, we shift into logic and we go, no, but I need to see all this stuff. And I'm like, ah, oh, that's not faith actually. Like, um, but it's, you know, so that I'm just excited for people to read the Bible for themselves and yes. just press in like, man. And it's like, I would even say if it's the last thing you want to do, it's the thing you need to do. Like, yes. Cause those are the times when I get like blasted the most is when I'm like, yeah. Oh, okay. I nope. I'm going to not do the things that I want to do right now, which is like watch a movie or whatever. 
yeah. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to read the word God. I'm going to really press on. Like that, those are the moments when recently where it's like, you know, so yeah, come on. Yes, Lord. All right. Well, thank you so much, you guys. It's amazing. And we'll have to do more episodes with you guys together because it's so I'm going to have with, withdrawal from uh, Elijah Fire. <laughs> I know. It's just been like a regular thing the past couple of weeks. So, oh, man. Yeah. So, everybody, that's our show. Have a blessed donation link at the end. Elijahfire.com slash donate is where you can donate. All proceeds go towards keeping this thing free. We take a proceed or a portion of every single donation and we funnel it into our water well efforts that we've partnered with Show International. A new well every three days. Come on. Can't wait for that number to get smaller. And I know Steve is working on it right now. It's going to be amazing. It's so cool, you guys. And it's we're like changing people's lives because of your guys' donations. So thank you for believing in Elijah Fire. Thank you for believing in Elijah Streams, the Elijah List. Um, and also just, yeah, like it's going into all these amazing efforts as well. Just because you guys are like, yeah, I gave five bucks. You know, and it's like that portion of that is going to change. That's people's. awesome. So God bless you guys. And we will see you on Monday. Goodbye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today.